This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Sometimes the ways of the Lord are very mysterious. In fact, so much so that much in the Bible, in the Gospel, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, is framed in the context of a mystery the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of the, of the Lord, uh, the secret of the Lord, and so on. Mysteries are supposed to be figured out, but God doesn't always give us that understanding ahead of time. And so life is very much like that. Probably your life is like that, and certainly my life has been like that, and the life of our special guest has been like that as well. You know, an awful lot of people, uh, when they think about politics, they think well, they don't know how to think about it, quite frankly. In fact, I didn't know how to think about it either. When the Lord spoke to my heart one day that uh, he wanted me to plead his cause by running for the state legislature in California. I had never been political in my life, had never thought about doing such a thing. And I said, yes, sir. And within a couple of days, had signed up for the task. Well, you never know when you sign up for the task what the task is going to really look like. And you also don't know whether it's going to turn out the way you thought it would turn out. And what if it doesn't? Then what? Is God in it? How are we to know when God is working in our lives? Today on Viewpoint, as we talk with a new friend to this program, Karen Pence. Yes, Karen Pence, the uh, second lady of the United States of America because her husband became the vice president who just declared that he's not running for president now, which gives us even more openness and conversation with Karen Pence, former school teacher, maybe present school teacher, and uh, political wife. How in the world has she handled it? What did God want to do in and through her life, the life of Mike Pence, and what implications are there for you and for me in our lives in the midst of the muddle that we're facing not only in our country, but in the world. Karen Pence joining us here on Viewpoint to talk about the relationship, what led up to uh, her husband running first for Congress and then uh, the vice presidency of the United States and all of the interrelationships in between. Karen, it's so good to have you on the program. Thank you, Chuck. It's great to be with you today. Well, I feel like I'm talking with a, a dear sister in the Lord, uh, you've committed your heart, your soul, your life to the Lord, you and Mike, and uh, that uh, makes you eligible for the kingdom of God, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Is it hard to seek first the kingdom of God when you're a political wife? Well, you know, honestly, uh, Chuck, it's, um, I think, anywhere in our life, um, what what I have found is is that I I just want to do what he wants me to do. Mm. Um, and it's as you know, simple I, as that, I, isn't it? It really is. And I, you know, I, I, you know, uh, sometimes tease with people and say, "Oh, it'd be great if you just would send me an email and say, Karen, <laughs> this is what I want you to do.'" But he really he he doesn't always operate that way. Sometimes mm-hmm. he makes it crystal clear. And as you mentioned in the beginning, sometimes it's a little bit of a mystery. Yeah. And um, so for me, uh, what what I have found is that, you know, seeking his word, reading his word daily, uh, you know, he shows me the way. He slowly opens the door 
He slowly lights the path that he wants me to take. And and what I've found is that then his peace fills me, his grace takes me on that journey, and um, it's it's the only place I really want to be is where he wants me to be. That is uh, a very simple and yet powerful statement, and it needs to be where every single one of us are. In fact, if you had sat together with my wife and I at 7 o'clock this morning as we were sipping our coffee and spending time in the Word, you would have heard very similar words from hers. In fact, you would have become best friends. <laughs> I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced well, of it. This morning, i got to tell you, this morning, Mike and I were sipping our coffee at about 8 o'clock mm-hmm. and reading our Bible together. And uh, today it was in Lamentations where it says, uh, you know, um, His mercies are new every morning. Every morning. And and that's what we've kind of come to learn, too, is that, you know, starting the day with Bible reading together and praying together, um, it, it just sets us on the right path for the whole day. You know, my wife and I have been Christians for a very long time. In fact, each one of us came to the Lord when we were five years of age. And uh, so we we have a good background in that regard. But even though I had been involved in teaching the Word of God, even as a lawyer, uh, I tended to do things privately. So I was up at five in the morning, spending quality time in the Word and praying and so on. But about 25 years ago, the Lord spoke to my heart, Karen, and said, you know what, you're not allowing your wife in on this, and I want you to do that from now on. So I talked to Kathy about that, and she said, yeah, I'd like to do that. So we made a commitment to one another that from that day forward, it was going to be our first priority every single day, no matter where we were, even if we had to do it by cell phone, it would be our sole priority to spend, to open our day uh, with the word and with prayer together. And she says it's the most powerful thing that ever happened for our marriage. What say you? Well, you know what, Chuck? It's really interesting that you say that to me. Mike and I have been married 38 years. Mm -hmm. And although, just like probably you and Kathy, we both had our own Bible studies or prayer groups or, um, you know, friends we would pray with, we did not, until this January, uh, decide to start reading the Bible together every morning and praying together. And we did it because we were trying to discern God's will for whether or not he wanted to call us into the political realm one more time, to mm. serve one more time. And I I didn't feel peace about it. Mm-hmm. Mike wasn't 100% certain. Mm-hmm. And so we just decided on January 1st to start doing that. And we have done that every day. And you're right. Sometimes it's from hotel rooms across the country, mm. uh, but we get that little, you know, FaceTime up, and mm. we pray through, and it has been wonderful for us. It well, has really, really strengthened our marriage beyond anything else. You're right, in, in 38 years. Well, that is a terrific uh, reinforcing testimony. Just the other day, I was chatting with a uh, listener Uh, up in Massachusetts, and uh, they had heard Kathy and I talk about this a number of years ago uh, as we were holding a breakfast for our listeners there. And uh, the the woman said, you know what? We're doing that every single day. In fact, we get up at 4.30 in the morning to do it, 
And she says we're doing it every single day, and it has changed everything in our marriage. Yeah. It's wonderful. Okay, well, boy, does that ever set a tone for our conversation here today. And you say you you decided to take the road less traveled. And that, of course, comes from a famous poem by uh, Robert Frost. And uh, give us the... the simple words of that after we get right back from this break karen (laughs) we'll be right back friends you're listening to viewpoint viewpoint does determine destiny and even the conversation we've had so far if you are listening really listening with your heart your entire life may about be about to change when it's your turn to serve that's the title of the book we'll be right back Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. I can't imagine a woman out there who is listening today who would not yearn, want to, desire to read this book by Karen Pence. The wife of Mike Pence, former vice president of the United States, congressman, and uh, the title of the book is When It's Your Turn to Serve, Experiencing God's Grace in His Calling for Your Life. And remember the word grace is not just unmerited favor. It's his enabling power to equip us, to enable us to do what he asks us to do. That's what's so good about this book. Karen Pence, joining us here today on Viewpoint. It's a hardbound book, $29 book, yours for $20 on our website, saveus.org. Go to the website, saveus.org, call us 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, Two three two five five. Writing a check at five dollars for postage and handling. Now I'm looking at a picture of Karen Pence uh, in the back cover of her book here. And uh, Karen, I'm sure that Mike uh, was attracted to you initially because of your wonderful smile. Well, he does say that. Actually, it's it's funny you say that. He'll he'll say a lot of times he'll say it's, it's your smile that got me. Yep. See, that's exactly what I say to Kathy. And I told you, you guys would be best friends. You just would. (laughs) You'll have to visit us here in Richmond, Virginia sometime. Always have an open door for you and others. All right. Now, you've been married 38 years, uh, but initially you were not, Mike was not in politics. And uh, was he in law school at the time you first met? Um, yeah, when we met, and actually, I just was going to say, Chuck, that a lot of men have told me they love the book, um, which would surprise me. I thought it was more of a women's book, but uh-huh. a lot of men have said to me, this has really touched me, and I was surprised by that. But, well, that's um, wonderful. Actually, yeah. Well, when Mike and I met, yes, he was in law school. Um, I was uh, uh, playing guitar and singing in the worship group, mm-hmm. and um 
I was teaching school then, but um, yeah, he was in law school. But when we started getting serious, he did tell me in the very beginning, he said, you know, I want you to be aware that, you know, my dream is to represent my hometown in Congress someday. And Mm. we were thinking, you know, 50s or 60s, maybe. Mm. Um, But he ended up, the first time he ran was in uh, when he was 29. But um, because circumstances just opened that door. And so there we were, and trusting God and, and ran. So the first time he ran, he was in his 20s, yeah. Well, I was 29 when I first ran for the state mm-hmm. legislature. and uh, Now, he didn't win. We lost the first two. Well, neither did I, yeah. and it could be very disappointing. <laughs> Kathy wondered, what in the world? You called us to do this, Lord? My husband walked 500 mm-hmm. miles door to door, and we didn't win? Mm-hmm. How did you feel about that? Yes, well, we biked our district, uh, and it was during a drought, uh, same thing, to get that, you know, earned media, earned press. And, mm. you know, it was very disappointing. But, um, you know, as you look back over your life, and, and um, I do feel like at this stage of my life, God has given me some little snippets of wisdom to share, is is that when you look back over your life, um, I see all the times that He carried us. And even when we thought he was maybe deserting us, like, why wouldn't you let this prayer be answered the mm. way we want it to be answered? Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you let this happen? Um, he he was right. He knew what he was doing. I, I like to tell people, it is so good that Mike did not win that first or second election, because we were pretty arrogant. We thought we were going to be God's gift to Washington, D.C., <laughs> And he really couldn't use us like that. You so know, pride he, goes before destruction, and, and God didn't want uh, you to be destroyed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was like, okay, you guys think it's all about you. It's not about you. It's not mm-hmm. about you at all. It's well, this required some tenacity. Uh, if he lost <laughs> twice in a row, uh, the yeah. third time would be the charm. Will you be charmed out of politics or into it? <laughs> well, that was interesting, because at that point... It was going to be a very big sacrifice. By then, we had just built our dream house. We had three kids. Our youngest was going into kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Mike had a talk radio show, statewide talk radio show. Now, wait a minute. Um, Mike was in talk yeah. radio, too. I ended yes, up in was. talk radio. He began in talk radio. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All well, right. he did the lawyer thing first. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, he uh, and I had started my watercolor business, and uh-huh. honestly, it was it was like um, we're we're set. You know, our life is very comfortable right now, mm-hmm. and I found that when my life is comfortable, that's usually when God puts it in a blender. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> that's says, exactly okay. the way it is. He'll allow you <laughs> to get know. five years comfortable, and then all of a sudden, okay, time yeah. for the next iteration of life. Exactly. And and so, uh, you know, since Mike did have the radio show, uh, Mm -hmm. people knew where he stood on the issues. We still knew all of the donors in the congressional district. And um, people started coming to him and saying, you should run for this. And I got to tell you, it was a it was a struggle for us. I mean, we really, really had to search uh, God's word and our hearts and Mm -hmm. talk to friends before we would decide to run. 
Well, uh, you know, they say run. Uh, the scripture says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They yes. shall rise up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and walk and not faint. And uh, however, when you're walking and running, uh, it can be pretty laborious, can't it? Well, it can be. And, you know, here was the thing, um, Chuck, we knew we knew the sacrifices. We'd run twice before. We mm-hmm. knew the strain it would put on our family. And I had taken Mike to, uh, I'd surprised him on his 40th birthday with a trip to a dude ranch in Colorado. And really? A, a horse, yes, we took a horseback ride, and we were uh, up on this bluff, and all week we've been trying to decide, gosh, should we run again? I mean, you know, we have kids now. Do we want to raise them in Washington, D.C.? Uh-huh. And we really had struggled, and we, we rode our horses, and we sat on the edge of a bluff, and Mike said, Karen, it's time. We've got to decide. We've got to decide. And right then, these two red-tailed hawks were rising on the wind, just rising. And he said, you know, he's kind of a romantic, and he said, look at those two hawks. Those are like us. And I said, Mm. well, if those two hawks are like us, then I think we should run. But this time, we should run like the hawks, not out of ambition, but we should make ourselves available, step off this cliff, and if God wants to lift us up, then we'll go wherever he lifts us. And Mm -mm. right then, we decided to run, and no flapping has become our mantra, and every new staff person hears that story. No flapping. Isn't that fascinating? Well, I understand, (laughs) though, you did a little flapping because you actually have a pilot's license. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Well, it was, you know what, honestly, it, it was something I did for fun. My godfather had a plane, and mm-hmm. I kind of got interested flying with him a couple of times, and um, I didn't really fly much after we got married. First of all, it's a very expensive hobby oh, yeah. to stay current, and it, it also is dangerous, you know, mm-hmm. and when we had kids, I thought, okay, I, I need to not fly very much now, and I, I don't have a lot of hours, but I, I do enjoy it, and, and our son is now a pilot in the Marine Corps, mm. and um, so I think he kind of got a little bit of the, the bug for flying from me. All right. Well, uh, then it wasn't that Mike was satisfied with Congress. Uh, he ended up uh, moving into the, the governorship there in Indiana, right? Yes, correct. Well, we, you know, he didn't really want to have a lifelong career in Congress. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was important to him you know, to, you know, we kind of believe in term limits. And so after 12 years, the governor's uh, seat became open in Indiana. And um, again, we had to search our hearts, search God's word, talk to friends and mm-hmm. counselors and and decide, is this something that, that we should do? And um, we really felt called to head back home and run for governor. And uh, and God blessed us with being successful, and uh, Mike served four years as the Indiana governor. Four years. Now, which did he enjoy most, uh, governorship or Congress? <laughs> well, let me put it this way. It's lovely to be home, you know, to mm-hmm. be in back home in Indiana again. Mm-hmm. But I think he enjoyed the fights of Congress, you know, being in the House. I mean— 
you know, um, standing up what we believe in and really challenging uh, sometimes the administration. And, and so I think he enjoyed that. Um, it was a very, and the house is just a very busy place to serve. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're mm-hmm. constantly at work. Uh, although, as governor of our home state, it was um, just very comforting, I think, to know that we had brought, um, you know, so many good things to Indiana when he was governor. Lots of jobs, and and um, I had a foundation that I started then, and we raised money for charities all over the state. So mm-hmm. I think as governor, you have a little bit more control over what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he enjoyed both, but he probably kind of enjoyed the house years, you know, because he really was in the fight and he was in leadership then and and uh, made a lot of good friends. Well, we now have uh, someone else who's come into leadership, Mike Johnson, after a tumultuous yeah. uh, battle for Speaker of the House. And I have in front of me an email that he sent. The most important things in life are faith, family, and freedom. Sounds like a pretty good guy. Yeah, yeah I mean, that that's actually Mike's. Mike has run on faith, family, and freedom. I've given so many speeches on faith, family, and freedom. I mm-hmm. mean, that is those are the three words that uh, have kind of directed us uh, our entire career as well. Yeah. So now Mike has indicated that... Uh, he is not he's going to pull out of the race for the presidency and i can understand that uh it's a very tumultuous situation right now and uh these so-called debates and so on were not given too much uh, credibility this time around so it was very difficult uh, how do you feel about that well again you know i god really um mike uh said in his uh remarks at the Republican Jewish Coalition on Saturday, he said, Mm -hmm. you know, God gave us the courage to enter the race and the wisdom to know when to get out of the race. And um, that's really how we feel about it. I mean, he Mm -hmm. really gave us the wisdom. He made it very clear. Um, And uh, it just was a it was a lovely experience, though. I mean, you have to know, Chuck, when you're when you're in a presidential campaign, um, you spend a lot of time with the grassroots. At mm-hmm. least we did in our campaign. I don't mm-hmm. think all the candidates are doing that. But we really wanted to get to know the people of Iowa, the people of New Hampshire, the people of South Carolina and Nevada. And you really, um, you're on the ground. You're in restaurants and you're walking into diners and you're going to fairs. And it was really, for us, kind of like getting back to old-fashioned campaigning that we had done the first time in 1988. And Mm -hmm. so for us, I think that it's sad to me to leave the friends that we made, uh, in, especially in Iowa and New Hampshire, but um, we're still on the stage. We're still in the fight. Um, You know, Mike has a foundation, a policy foundation that he started a couple of years ago. So um, I think you'll still see us in the fight. You just won't see us uh, on the ballot. Well, it's possible that uh, he might actually uh, give you a different direction in the fight. Uh, I'll never forget back in 1992, after 18 years of law practice, the Lord spoke to me right there in my law office saying, son, you've been pleading the cause of men long enough. I want you to plead my cause of the land now as a voice to the church. 
declaring vision for the nation mm-hmm. in America's greatest crisis hour. I said, yes, sir. We formed Save America Ministries in 1993 to rebuild the foundations of faith and freedom. Then he said, now, I want you to up and leave 30 years of ministry, political uh, and uh, business investment there in Southern California and go to the birthplace of the nation and I'll tell you what to do. So that's how we ended up in Richmond, Virginia on the shores of the James River and launched this radio program 28 and a half years ago. Who would have ever thunk it, as they say? Who would have ever believed the trajectory for a guy who graduated summa cum laude from a Christian university in California, then ended up teaching math and boys' physical education for for nine years there in Southern California before all this took place. God has amazing ways to work in our lives, and each step, I think, provides what is necessary to take us on to the next step. Don't you think so? Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back after this, friends. Karen Pence, when it's your turn to serve, experiencing God's grace and His calling for your life, $20 on our website, saveus.org. You will not regret this book. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, A letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcasts live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint, friends. Viewpoint does determine destiny, and our viewpoint is to how God works and how we can trust him in our lives is extremely important. And that, if anything, can be communicated from Karen Pence's book uh, here today, it is Trust God. And I believe that that is God's ultimate desire for us. We're living in chaotic times. We're living in times that, uh, as Thomas Paine once said, try men's souls. Yes, they do. Our souls are being tried. On the other hand, there is no testimony without a test. No testimony without a test. Karen Pence shares many of the tests uh, that she and Mike Pence have had over the years, which causes their life to become a living testimony Uh, to all of us, and that's why this book, I think, will be extremely encouraging to you. So, again, when it's your turn to serve, and uh, it's yours for $20, a hardbound book, $29 book, yours for $20 on our website, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 7 0879 Richmond, Virginia, 23255, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. All right, here's a fascinating piece of information, friends. During their six- to eight-week lifespan, a worker bee will travel one and a half times the circumference of planet Earth. Now, 
that nugget of information is contained in Karen Pence's book because there is this, I'm not sure if you would call it an infatuation or just uh, just a, a sense that somehow understanding the life of bees is very important uh, in her life, the like, uh, life of uh, Mike Pence. So tell us, Karen, why are bees so important? And you've woven them through your book. Well, you know, it's interesting. The, um, the National Governors Association has a meeting every February in Washington, D.C. for all of the governors and all of the spouses. And the spouses have uh, meetings and sessions where we try to help each other, knowing that, you know, you don't want to reinvent the wheel when you become um, the first lady or the first gentleman of a state, because you might just be there for four years. Mm -hmm. And so we had a presentation at one of these about uh, beekeeping, and I became fascinated. At that time, I was first lady of Indiana. Uh, The governor's residence sits on six acres, and I thought this would be a perfect place to have a beehive. And the wonderful thing about having a beehive on a governor's residence is that you can harvest the honey and you can give these little tiny honey bears full of honey as gifts because honey doesn't spoil. And so I decided to do that. I had um, uh, beekeepers come and set up a beehive and take care of it. And Hmm. I started to learn more and more about the bees. And then when I became second lady, one of the first things I asked was, do we have a beehive? And they said, no, we don't. And I thought that was unusual because the White House has a beehive. Really? And so I started, yes. Yeah, so I started a beehive uh, at the vice president's residence. And then everywhere I traveled with Mike and, and a second lady, we would kind of tag on at the end of a trip a visit to beehives. And so all over the world, uh, we learned about bees and how bees are handled and about the different honey all over the the world. And what I started to learn, Chuck, was that if God can give this little tiny honeybee everything that that bee needs for its little six-week lifespan, then surely he's going to give me everything that I need where he calls me. And so I decided when writing the book to put a bee fact at the beginning of every chapter because God has really taught me a lot about myself and about him uh, Mm -hmm. through learning about the bees. Well, I understand uh, that your uh, kids learn something about the birds and the bees also. They got married, didn't Um, they? Oh, yeah, they're all married. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. Um, I fooled yeah. you. <laughs> and you know what? It's interesting. They all uh, they all got married between Election Day 2016 and Election Day 2020. Wow. Uh, and we have three kids. Yeah, so imagine. That was a very busy time for us. Anyway, In other words, but, your home has been uh, a beehive. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's been a buzz with lots of There weddings. you go. Okay. Uh, because two of our kids actually had two weddings uh, because Michael was in the service. And so um, although he and Sarah were planning this uh, big wedding in southern Indiana in October, they came to us and said, you know what, we 
we just want to get married. Michael's going to be stationed in another state. And so we had a small wedding for them, and then they had their big wedding. And then our daughter, Audrey, uh, was a COVID bride. And so after rescheduling her wedding several times, they had a we had a very small, intimate wedding for them. And then they had their larger wedding uh, about a year and a half after that. So, yeah, we had five weddings with three kids. <laughs> <laughs> What a story. Are you still teaching? I'm not, no. Mm-mm. No, I was teaching in uh, Virginia, uh-huh. and I taught as second lady. I was still a teacher. Um, mm-hmm. They actually reached out to me, the school where I taught, and said, I was the art teacher there, mm-hmm. and they said, oh my gosh, our art teacher left suddenly to become a pastor. Can you just fill in a little bit? Uh, This was a curriculum that I had created, and I knew all of the lessons, and I knew the school. And so as second lady, I taught uh, two days uh, a week and told my staff, it takes you guys about two days a week to kind of plan everything for our week. So I'm going to go ahead and and teach on Mondays and Tuesdays, and then you have me the rest of the time. And Mm. you know what, Chuck? It it was... uh, time that kept me grounded, you uh-huh. know? Yes. I mean, I had a, a job uh, where I had to show up on time. And a I real person out there. And, <laughs> yeah, a real person. And yeah. it was and it was at a little Christian school, and it really, really uh, grounded me. In fact, now, the only thing that I raise money for is their high school, um, because they started a great little Christian high school, Emmanuel mm-hmm. Christian High School, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, they're teaching biblical worldview uh, to these young people, and it's something I'm very, very excited about. Well, that's terrific. Now, where are your, your you're not teaching now. Uh, what do you see, what do you and Mike see now as uh, you're looking forward? He's dropped out of the race. Do you have any clear direction now, or are you in this hiatus time, this hyphenated period of time that we can find ourselves in saying, okay, Lord, where to next? Well, you know, you're catching us right after right after we, we've stepped out, so uh, it hasn't even been a week yet. So, I know. Um, for us, honestly, we're just open to where God wants to use us. I mean, Mike has... Uh, his foundation, Advancing American Freedom, which is a policy foundation, mm-hmm. um, which focuses 100% on policy. And so, of course, he has that. Um, he also has a book coming out uh, November 14th uh, called Go Home for Dinner. Mm. And uh, it's, I like the it's, title. Uh, yeah, well, Simon & Schuster, when they did his first book deal, they wanted the first book to be an extensive memoir of his entire life. And then they said, but we want you to do a second book about a year or two later that is about faith and family and freedom. And mm-hmm. so uh, this book comes out um, November 14th, and it's called Go Home for Dinner, Advice on How Faith Makes a Family and Family Makes a Life. I hope that you will leave this program and go directly to Mike and say, you got to get that book in the hands of this fellow, Chuck Chris Meyer. I would <laughs> love to do that interview. You know, uh, one of the things that we're finding, uh, even secular sociologists and so on are saying we have lost so much because families do not eat together. It's true. It's really, really true. And it, 
and I, I just want to say to the families out there who are listening, it's it's not easy to to have dinner together, and um, so I and I don't want to seem judgmental of families. We're all so busy today, mm-hmm. but we really. You know, we fought for that at our house, and mm-hmm. we had certain little rules that even a lot of our friends didn't agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but like our kids could have one activity. It wasn't like you weren't going to do a violin and dance and soccer, and you know, you weren't going to do all of these things mm-hmm. so that we were constantly on the road. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to judge others who do that, but for us, I. We just couldn't handle it because we knew that, especially with Mike being in Congress, um, we wanted to have dinner together. Now, sometimes, Chuck, that meant we would get a picnic dinner and we would take it to the Capitol and we'd sit on the steps of the Capitol and we'd have dinner with Mike and then we'd head back home. As they say, how cool is that? (laughs) Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, But we just had to have that connecting time Mm -hmm. every day with you know, especially with dad, with the kids, and mom, with the kids. Time to say, how was your day? And believe me, we had some pretty heated discussions, too, uh, around the dinner table when our kids got to be teenagers. Mm -hmm. um, Because they didn't always believe everything we believed. Mm -hmm. And we had some great, uh, great debates. And that's important, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you guys are having your challenges, uh, as you, as your kids have entered their teen years and then get married, uh, they set their own life courses. And uh, but once a parent, always a parent, right, Karen? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're and experiencing that on steroids now. now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's true. I mean, I feel like they need me more than when they were toddlers. Uh huh. Isn't that <laughs> now amazing? They're starting their families and they're starting their careers and their marriages and. And, uh, yeah, it's actually a very fun time, though, for us. We are loving uh, being involved in our kids' lives now that they're adults. Well, I would like uh, for you, as we come back from this break, I would like for you to uh, just share from your heart uh, the substance of your concern about uh, trusting the Lord Uh, where all that fits because I really believe that that is the essence of your book. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Life is full of unexpected obstacles, but there's no challenge too big for God to handle. 
Those are the opening words on the fly cover of Karen Pence's book, When It's Your Turn to Serve. So in reality, her book is not so much just as a, it's not a tell-all book. It is a book designed and intended to grab all of our attentions and lead us in the path of righteousness and to trust God, no matter what the circumstances. To trust him no matter what the circumstances. We're told told that in all our ways, we should trust him and he will lead our path. He'll guide our path. Karen, uh, open up to us, uh, perhaps in ways you have not up till now, about this issue of trust? Well, you know, Chuck, um, when Mike and I were trying to make the first uh, decision to enter a congressional campaign, um, we had just bought a little bungalow. It was the first home that we owned, Mm -hmm. and I just loved it. I just loved our little house. And we knew that for him to run for Congress, we would have to move because the district that encompassed his hometown where he had been raised mm-hmm. was a little bit out of where we lived then. Mm-hmm. So for us, that was a thing that was a little hard for us because I'll be honest with you, Chuck, that house had become an idol for me. Whoa. And yes, it totally had. I was so like, you thought you'd live there forever, it. huh? Well, it was a little <laughs> tiny bungalow, so I didn't uh-huh. think we'd live there forever. But it was our first home that we owned, right. and we had a verse that we decided to uh, cling to in that first campaign. Mm-hmm. Those that cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Whoa. And it's Jonah 2.8, and we have clung to that verse so many times because... Just think about it. If I had said no, oh, we can't, we can't move and run for Congress. That's too risky. Let's let's hold on to this little bungalow in Broad Ripple, Indiana. Um, we would never have had all of the experiences that God took us through, and we would not have had the life that we had. And it even came back around as we were deciding. You know what? Gee, it might be our time to get out of this presidential race because we wouldn't have wanted this race or the office of the presidency to be an idol either. Mm-hmm. So again, those that cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. And so I'm excited to see God's grace in this new chapter of our lives and how he's going to use us now. But All along the way, uh, you know, there were so many times where, you're right, Chuck, I had to trust the Lord. I'd like to tell, in the book, I tell a whole section about uh, how we struggled with infertility. And Mm -hmm. honestly, all I ever wanted was to be a mom. I really, you know... You didn't want to be a first lady. You didn't want to be a second lady. Uh, No, (laughs) no, had no interest in any of that. And I really just wanted to be a mom. And mm-hmm. God did not bring us a family right away. We struggled for six years with infertility. Mm. But now, and I tell this in the book, now I look back and I see he was so right. It wouldn't have been good for us to have kids when we did. It would have changed a lot of our decisions, probably. Mm-hmm. And the fact that our kids were the age that they were, 
when we entered the political realm um, was perfect. I mean, it just it worked out perfectly. And his plan, you know, sometimes, you know, he makes us wait. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He makes us wait. Those that wait on the Lord, you know, sometimes we have to wait and we don't want to wait. But um, the grace afterward is so wonderful. And and what I wanted to do in the book is is to encourage the reader to be willing to step out in faith and to mm-hmm. trust God. And it might not be, you know, becoming the second lady of the United States. It might be stepping out to be, you know, the captain of the neighborhood block party, something that is going to affect lives of people on your street, in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I tell in the book about, you know, it's not always these, you know, glamorous and... um you know, so-called important roles that I served where God used me. He used me as a mom in a mighty way. He used me as a spouse. He used me as a friend. And I encourage the reader to to be willing just to trust him if he's calling you. Sometimes he's not calling us, though, Chuck. I mean, sometimes I, I tell a little story in the book about a, a Bible study leader. Um, I was doing Bible study fellowship when my kids were very little, two, mm-hmm. three, and four. And she said, oh, you know what, Karen, I really think you need to be one of the small group leaders. And I said, oh, I, I don't think so. And she said, no, I really feel that would be great. And I said, well, Mike and I will pray about it, and I'll get back to you. And I got back to her and said, you know, we don't feel that, and I don't feel that. My ministry right now is Michael, Charlotte, and Audrey. I don't have the time in my day to be a small group leader for this Bible study. And so sometimes we have to really analyze, Lord, are you calling me to this? Is this from you? And, Mm -hmm. And so I talk a little bit in the book about how, you know, trying to discern His will, because there are so many good things out there, as you know, Chuck. I know you and Kathy must be called all the time. Can you help us with this, help with that, help with this? They're all great causes. But God doesn't want us to be stretched so thin that we neglect our family. He wants us to keep the main thing the main thing in our lives. Exactly. And we're torn so often uh, into all kinds of extraneous things. Uh, How many pastors' families are falling apart because the pastors are not attending to their children or their wives? Seventy percent of pastors' wives uh, claim that their marriages are not good. 70%. So you have devoted yourself, uh, and rightly so. Uh, Just this very morning, Kathy spoke to me and she says, uh, Chuck, I I never aspired to be anything great out there or for a career. I aspired to be a mother and a wife. And you know, she Mm -hmm. has been uh, a great help me over these many years. And as the Lord has spoken to my heart uh, to lead me in some very surprising ways, she has always been there and there hasn't been resistance. It's as if we were in it together and the Holy Spirit worked to unite our minds and our hearts to be willing to do what God was calling us to do, no matter what, how it really seemed at first blush. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there is a uh, a song, Karen, that uh, we used to sing a lot in our churches. 
It's a simple song, and it says, Trust and Obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And it seems to me that we've kind of lost the sense, the simplicity of that today. And the reality is that I have had, believe it or not, many pastors and parachurch leaders on this program over the past seven or eight years who have admitted to me that the most despised word in the church today is the word obey. It's almost considered a four-letter word. Why would I do that? No, my feelings are my Lord. Not what God says, my feelings are my Lord. So where is the place for trust? Isn't our trust revealed in our willingness to obey? Mm, that's really true. I mean, it's... Um, and and. That's kind of the message I wanted people to get as well. That's why I have the little subtitle of um, experiencing God's grace in Mm -hmm. His calling for your life. Because His calling, if we obey, if we follow His leading, um, His grace just just flows from that. And and His blessings and His mercies. And I, I don't mean it's always easy. Right. You know, obeying God doesn't always mean that, you know, things uh, materialistically or, you know, success as measured by the world are going to be yours. But right. but that peace that passes understanding is there. It is just there. And, and that's one thing that I, I do hope that uh, the, a message that people get from, from the book and from me is that, is that you do, you do need to step out in faith, Mm-hmm. Let go of the worthless idols and and experience God's grace. The interesting thing is that uh, there are three words that all come from the same Greek word. They're part of our Christian uh, chatter, so to speak, talk. Uh, believe, trust, and faith. They are three facets of the very same word. And without all three facets... We're not walking faithfully before the Lord. We can say we believe all we want, but if we're not walking by faith, we can't please God. And if we don't trust, we won't obey. And if we don't obey, it reveals we don't believe and we don't walk by faith. So it's the whole composite. And what I see as I read your book, uh, it's those three things linked together that uh, have made for the life of uh, Karen and Mike Pence, Mike and Karen Pence, and uh, for that, you should be honored. Well, it's uh, it, it's a privilege, don't you feel, Chuck, to be used by God? And it, it isn't necessarily always in these, you know, high and mighty ways. It's, uh, you know, we... Uh, we had a young uh, man that we just met on the campaign trail, and mm-hmm. um, he decided to, uh, we were going to go to a, a campaign event after church, mm-hmm. and he decided to meet us at church. We went to church with him, and we heard later, like probably a month after that, he reached out to the campaign and said, I just want you to know that you know, my family has been on me for years, and I have not given my life to Christ until I was with Mike and Karen Pence, and 
I saw what they had, and I saw how they were walking in faith, and I just want them to know that I have given my life to Jesus Christ. And so I told Mike, you know, that could have been the whole purpose for our campaign. We never know how God is using us. Exactly. We never know when people are watching, and it's not always in the, you know, these, you know, you know, very, uh, you know, uh, glamorous moments. Sometimes it's just in those little moments where someone's sitting next to you at church or they see you um, when the cameras aren't on and people aren't watching and they hear the way you speak to each other and to those that work for you and are around you. And, um, and that's when we're, you know, we have the witness. That's when, you know, you were talking about the testimony. That's when our testimony really counts. And, and so it, when people read the book, I want them to get that, that it's, it's, God is talking to each one of us. We're, we all serve Him. And um, when it's your turn to serve, step out and trust Him and, and go where He's leading you. Because like you just said, it's, it's His calling on our life is, is where we want to be, because that's where, that's where the joy is, and that's where um, that peace is. Well, the, the uh, Apostle Paul said the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. He also wrote Mm -hmm. that uh, this is the confidence that we have, that the Lord is working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do you Mm -hmm. have that confidence? Have you had that confidence, Karen? Yeah, I mean, really. And, and, you know, sometimes, Chuck, it's when you're trying to make a decision and you look at several different options, Mm -hmm. it's trying to figure out which one. It's like Mike likes to say, follow the peace. It's like when you make that decision, that peace that peace comes, mm. and, and then you can go ahead and, and serve the Lord. Well, friends, when it's your turn to serve, you've got to depend upon God's grace, His enabling power, His favor and His enabling power. That's what the book is about. It's a $29 book, hardbound years for $20 on our website, saveus.org. You will be blessed to get this book. I hope this program has been a blessing to you and an encouragement. God bless and be a blessing. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us. Become a partner. Send your gifts by faith, friends, to Save America Ministries. Do it today. The other guy's not doing it. So you do it and trust the Lord in the process. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.